Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchor Podcast. Today we're in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 reads, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch and Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. So Paul stood up and, motioning his hand, said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm he led them out of it. And for about forty years he put up with them in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about four hundred and fifty years. And after that he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. No, but behold, after me one is coming, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, the sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that God promised to the fathers, that he has fulfilled to us their children by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised them from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore he says in another psalm, You will not let your holy one see corruption. 
For David, after he had served the purposes of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish. For I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. And they went out, and the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we're turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spread throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. For today's nugget of truth, I want us to focus in on what we see in verse 42. Here it says, As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told to them the next Sabbath. And I want to ask you a question. Do you hunger for God's word? Is God's word something you get excited about? Is it something that you desire to hear from, to read from, to understand in a greater sense? Because I think what we see here in Acts chapter 13 is the people who were seemingly religious, the people who they had expected to want to understand these truths and for them to be explained to them, have no desire for that. In fact, they meet that with opposition, as they don't want to have a more fuller understanding of what God's Word is saying and what it means in their lives, but instead want to live the life that they have rather than continue to mold themselves into the people God desires them to be as they receive greater revelation of what he's calling them to do. So we have this large group of people who are choosing to live their life the same way they always have rather than to pattern and shape their life after what God is progressively revealing he's calling them to do. So we see that these people whose expectations are not being met end up turning to jealousy and attacking these individuals who are there and trying to get them to get out of their town. And what I'd like for us to reflect on this today as we think about this situation and what's happening is I want us to think about people who are seemingly labeled as religious today. Are those people who are waiting for the revelation of God to impact their life and for them to be able to continue to shape and pattern their lives after what God has called them to do? Or are they waiting for whatever their expectation of what God is supposed to do waiting for that to happen. I see parallels between these two situations in the modern church and in modern religious circles, people waiting for God to do what they expect God to do rather than continually molding and shaping their lives after what God has laid out for them. 
I see this as a great danger of those who are labeled as religious, who are truly lacking a relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as we think about what God is calling them to do, as he's calling them to continually place themselves under the submission of God, to continually place themselves under the submission of his word and his will. As we're calling people to live and believe in these things, we understand that it goes against everything that our culture is teaching them, everything that they're surrounded by in the world. And so we shouldn't be surprised that they have a great resistance to doing that. But what I want us to think of is, are we the people who truly are begging and loving and hungering for God's word to be coming into our life? Are we seeking it out so that we can continue to mold and shape ourselves into the people that God desires us to be? Because as this passage displays, when the people of God no longer desire to listen or follow him, he finds others who will, who will be his continuing work. And so we'll see that now Paul and his missionary journeys are going to begin to focus solely upon the Gentile individuals that are out there who are hungering for God's word, who are seeking it out, and who desire to be transformed by his power, rather than those who are sitting and waiting for their own expectation of God to be fulfilled in their life. As far as a question for this chapter, we're going to ask a question about what is Antioch? Where is Antioch? What's going on with Antioch? First thing that we need to note is there are two different Antiochs mentioned here in this passage. One that's called Antioch in Pisidia, that's in verse 14, is a part of Paul's missionary journey. But the Antioch that we really want to focus on is the one we read about here in verse 1. And so Antioch that we see here, this one is Antioch in Syria, becomes a great city within the importance of the early church. In fact, it's really second to Jerusalem in terms of its importance that comes out of this time. We'll see in Acts chapter 15 when they work through an issue, they immediately send that resolution to Antioch so that those individuals there are in a complete understanding of what's taking place and can continue to move forward the path of God. In one sense, it really kind of becomes the Gentile hub for reaching the Gentiles in other places. When we look back at Acts chapter 11, we can see that that's where these individuals first came into contact with the gospel and are transformed and are living now on mission for taking that to other Gentiles. So we'll see how this individual city and its location and its strategic importance happens to fill into the story of Acts and God's expansion of the gospel as well. We'll also understand a little bit more about what's going on in terms of the reach of the Gentile mission as we continue to walk through the book too. So maybe that was your question. Hey, what's up with Antioch? Why does it look like maybe there's two Antiochs here? There are two Antiochs. That's why it looks that way. So maybe you had a question about that or another name or another thing that pops up in this section. So some of these things, as you dive into them, you'll see that there's a lot of information that we can learn about them. Some of them, there's not a ton written there. But either way, as you seek to study and understand, you're studying God's Word curiously, you're learning about it, you're hopefully seeing how it's molding and shaping your thoughts, your desires, and your heart to be transformed according to the pattern of God's will. Know today you are loved. You are loved.